have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Welcome back to The Playbook, a podcast where we talk all about the NBA. I'm your host, Sal, joined by my co-host, Mark. But today, we're joined by a very special guest, a basketball Hall of Famer, Dino Raja. How's it going, Dino? Good. How are you doing, guys? Pretty great. So, uh, such a young guys, even though. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm probably, I was gone from NBA before uh, you were born. Yeah, yeah. We were born in uh, 2004. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we got to know. How could we not know about you? One of the greats, Hall of Famer. Thank you, guys. Uh, so we're just going to jump right into the interview. So just to get started, you played in in Croatia for a while with uh, Tony Kukoc, and you guys won two championships together, two in a row. And the year after you left that team, they won a third one. Uh, what what made you decide that it was time to leave and not stay for a third season and try to get that three-peat with the team? Uh, I was drafted by the Celtics in 1989 after after our first title, and then uh, I wanted to go immediately because, of course, you know the NBA was a huge challenge for me. And then um, the, the the team didn't want to let me go, so we made a deal to stay one more year in uh, in my hometown, and then after that year. I was released uh, to go with, of course, with some financial benefits to to the team. So that's why I uh, I left. You know, sometimes you just uh, uh, <clears throat> grow into a situation that uh, you need to move on. And uh, regardless of success that you have, uh, uh, you need you need to. To make uh, you know a step forward uh, in your career, and going to going to to Rome was um, a step forward for me. You know, when you as a young kid you go uh, to different country and uh, different league, different you know by yourself, no parents, no mama's kitchen and everything. It's um, it's it was more step forward as a as a as a man than than as a player because in in uh, in Croatia we used to work out much better than than we did it in uh, in, in Italy. But as a as a man, I think I think I, I, I it was necessary step to be successful in uh, in NBA later on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of going into the NBA, what adjustments did you think were the most difficult coming from the Euroleague to the NBA? Uh, you said there were cultural changes coming into the NBA, so kind of curious to what those were. Everything was different. Everything, you know. Uh, first of all, uh, you come from a position of a superstar, and you are grounded, you know, to zero. You have to prove yourself again and uh, start all over, uh, gaining, gaining, you know, um, uh, some some uh, respect from uh, from your coaches from your teammates from uh, opponents from everybody it was very hard it's not like today you know today uh, european players and fo- foreign players have much easier way <coughs> um, 
getting in, 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 into the league. Back then, uh, it was much, much harder, you know. Uh, you have, you know, I had to, had to carry bags. You know? Yeah, yeah. And all the stuff that rookies have to go through. What was the yeah. worst of the rookie hazing that you ever experienced? As, as... I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I never complain. You know, it's it's part of the job. You have to do what you have to do. I was always, you know, concentrated that I have to what I have to do to be better and uh, how to succeed in the league. And always, uh, you know, the answer of everything was always, you know, work, 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 work. So whenever I had a problem, you try to solve it uh, through working out. If you can't run, you go, you go run. If you can't shoot, you go shoot. If you are, don't feel strong enough, you go lift weights. So I was, uh, I was pretty much concentrating 100% on that. If I tell you guys that um, my four years in Boston, I never went out. I never went. If you offer me a zillion of some money to tell you the name of one nightclub or a bar or disco or whatever in, 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 in Boston or, or the area of Boston, I have no idea. Really? Did you? What did your teammates say about that? Did they ever invite you out and then you would just say, no, I have to, I have to keep practicing, I have to keep working? Or No, I just didn't want to go out. I just, uh, you know... In my head, it was one 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 thought always, uh, one mispractice, it's end of your career. Not you're going to have a bad game, but it was end of uh, my career. So I was always completely dedicated uh, to, to succeed. And, you know, I didn't want to put myself in a position to say, like, um, if you didn't do this, maybe you could have been better. Maybe you could have play better maybe you could now i have no regrets for anything i did what i did i did my maximum that was my maximum and uh, i'm i'm happy with it and uh, i i have no regrets that's i think i think that was very important you know for 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 my own sake uh, to be able to to say that's it i did my best yeah, for sure. You mentioned uh, a little while ago about the legal feud with uh, the split club and the NBA and how you had to stay extra seasons to play and you couldn't get in for your rookie season. So uh, I think you were about 22 years old when all this was happening. So how was that going through your head? And was it like super frustrating or do you have any memories with that? It's very frustrating because, you know, today you have NBA everywhere. You have it on the media, you have it on the social uh, networks, you have it, you know, every newspaper, you have, you have highlights, you know, one minute after the game, you have all the highlights and everything. Back then, uh, NBA was like a myth. And uh, only things you can see through some satellite uh, connections that were very, very rare around, around here. And um, yeah, to be able to go to NBA was like a huge, huge, uh, you know, uh, thing for me. And uh, to be stopped of doing that, I, I couldn't understand. I mean, later on, you, you, you understand because people that are running the team, they run sort of a business also. And uh, they, they make some projections, they do, do, do some planning, and then all of a sudden you want to go. And um, 
so I, I do understand them. But you know, back then going to MBA was was a huge, huge thing. So of course I was um, devastated by their decision. But uh, you know, when uh, you know I, when that happened, I always try to to take the positive side. That's the way I am. I always look at the glass half full, not 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 half empty. So. I, I, I figure out what I have to do to do it next year. So the only way, you know, to succeed is to to be better, to be better, to be better, to work hard. So when I came back, instead of being, you know, disappointed and uh, I keep my nose high and uh, everything else, I, I play my best season ever. And um, I won all, all the MVPs, all, all, you know, the final MVP, uh, and the, another European title and everything. So you know that's I, I think that's very important that 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 you you can switch things in your head and that uh, that you can you know make a positive of uh, of everything. And I, I think that helped me a lot in my in my uh, later success in uh, in in the NBA. And just to just to fall about that time before you, for you, well after when this whole problem was going on, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you flew to Boston on your own to try and force this to happen and sign some type of contract with the Celtics. Was I went there. I went there. I signed the contract, and then uh, the team from Split uh, sued me. I mean, sued me and Celtics. I I don't know exactly who they sued. On the court, and then uh, when when this thing came onto the court, um, we made a, we made a deal with the team that, that okay, you're going to come back for a year, and then uh, you will go back to Boston. That was uh, you know the way in the middle. So yeah, um, do you have any significant memory or like your favorite memory from your time in the NBA or in? other leagues as well you know i love i love my time in boston uh, it's a great city and uh i play you know i play in, in boston garden and you know boston garden you know is the, probably the most famous place uh, you know among all arenas in the world and i play on the same floor where Havlicek stole the ball where you know bill russell played and then all these guys before me and uh, i'm really <laughs> I can't really explain to you that that feeling and how how happy and blessed and honored I, I I was, I am still you know, to be part of of the Boston Celtics. It's the greatest uh, organization you know, uh, and and you know, probably one of the most uh, well known organization of of all sports uh, in in the world. So, to be able to be part of that, it's huge huge i mean really huge and even someone like robert parish i know he was towards the end of his career but someone like that when you're first coming into the league how much how big of an impact did someone like him have yeah he's a great guy i i, I love spending time with him and uh, he was a huge help to me and uh, he was you know uh, like a mentor and uh, you know you know you you have this um uh feeling about him that he is like a stone face you know everybody's thinking that 
but he's all but uh, but stone face you know he's a very funny guy you know he's very laugh uh, laughing guy in the practices and uh, in the locker room and he's he's always you know happy and funny and uh, completely different than than when he steps on the floor you know, where he's all dead serious did having teammates like that help you kind of settle into the NBA faster? Or? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm really grateful for 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 Chief, uh, to be, you know, part of my first year, and uh, uh, you know, Dominic Wilkins on the second year, and uh, um, those guys really helped me a lot. You know, uh, mm-hmm. in growing up, Xavier McDaniel, he beat the crap out of me. <laughs> Uh, for for a year or two, so you know, I'm really really grateful to to these people. You know, I I, I think they they helped me you know grow my career a lot. Was it mostly just your teammates, or did people around the like coaching staff, front office, did they have everybody, everybody, everybody? You know, uh, I still you know, uh, Jan, the GM, uh, ex GM of the Celtics, you know, the Carolyn. Uh, uh, Jeff, you know, I have so many people, Dr. Arnie, uh, uh, Ed Lassert, you know, Wayne Laveau, many people that I'm still in contact with and uh, some more, some less. Uh, but, you know, I love, I, love, I, I left Boston well, 25 years ago and whenever I go to U.S., I always uh, like to go through through Logan Airport because you know I want to stay for a day or two and see these people and have lunch with them or dinner whatever you know I can. I am I'm really you know happy to be part of that family and uh, I really enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy you know what they say once Celtic always Celtic and that's really exact meaning of, of, of this sentence you know I, I feel like a Celtic and I I always will did you ever get recognized on the streets by the fans or oh yes even now when I come up to 25 it's... years people recognize me on the street and not many but they still do that's nice that's that's really cool uh, so you got drafted and then it took a while for you to actually play your first game in the NBA uh, the first game came around when you were about 26, was it? Uh, do you have, and before then, you played in Italy, right? So do you have any... I know you were mentioning you don't have regrets, but do you ever wish that maybe you didn't go to Italy and came to the NBA a little bit sooner? Or You know, uh, it's very hard to speak about things that uh, might, might have happened or could have happened, but... Uh, I, th- I think that I did the right steps. Maybe maybe I could have come to NBA a year early or maybe two years early, but uh, I, I think it, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a small city. My, 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 my town is like 200,000 people. It's, it's like a neighborhood in, in, uh, in Boston or New York or, or some big cities. And um, I was... Uh, you know, the kid with no experience, you know, life experience. And um, to be able to to do everything, you know, without your family, without, uh, um, uh, on your own, basically, I, I might have been a problem. So 
I'm not. I, I don't really feel any any regret. Uh, beside these small tweaks, maybe a year here or a year there. But basically, I think this this time, my time in Rome helped me to grow up as a as a as a man mostly, and and helped me, you know, to succeed immediately in NBA because you know I was starting in a in a in a in a lineup after a very short period of time. You know? mm-hmm. And what about with how you left earlier? I know you had that the you had your injury issues, and then you had that trade and that little thing with Rick Patino was if I'm not mistaken how he said you'd be a big part of the team and then you got traded soon after to the 76ers I believe right? yeah I felt I felt that uh, that uh, he wasn't straightforward with me and uh, you know I was not anymore you know 20 year old kid that you can you can do whatever you want I was you know 30 years old I had my uh, I, I, I just think I do some respect you know and then to be straightforward with me, and that's what I asked from him. I asked him uh, just to be uh, straight with me and tell me, tell me his uh, his uh, decisions. And uh, I really, if he, he if he told me immediately, we want to trade you, I would probably say, okay, let's let's do it, but let's do it together. You know, I'm 30 years old. I, I don't want you to treat me like some kid. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's basically why we have our misunderstanding. So. I decided to go back. Uh, another another thing that that uh, weighed on me a lot was uh, even even more than injury because I had this one injury that I took care of, uh, about and uh, I I play after after uh, after my my Celtic career I play another four years uh, pretty good and uh, I could have helped that team also um, so. Um, I just, uh, you know, needed some, you know, straight shooter to talk to me and then tell me, tell me what do you want, and we we work on things together. And mm. that's... Was there a reason that you didn't continue your career after the Celtics after they decided to trade you, or and you went back to the Euroleague, obviously? But is there a reason why you didn't stay in it? I I just uh, I just started to giving you that answer, but. Uh, uh, I lost my 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 thoughts. Um, one 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 thing uh, one thing that I I, I didn't like in NBA was um, you know you lose the game and uh, you see that players uh, don't really care too much. They go in the bus. They are joking. They are you know doing stuff, and the the, the fans are telling you good game, good game. If you lose at home by 30 uh, against somebody and the fans are telling you good game, I'm not, you know, raised like that. You know, in Europe, if you lose at home game by 30, they they want to beat you. Yeah. They insult you and, uh, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the crowd in U.S. is different. Uh, it's more like, you know, friendly. You have hecklers everywhere, but basically, you know, we have families, they come, they enjoy, they don't they are not as, as, as you know as passionate as a crowd in in Europe in crowd in Europe especially like uh, certain places uh, like in Greece and, uh, and they are wild and uh, I, I I was just uh, you know I wanted to go back 
and uh, and, and and fight for something for championship or even 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 if it was in Europe, you know. If I was traded to a better team, maybe I would stay. But uh, I was traded in Philly, where and that team was at at, at the time not uh, not very good team. So, you know, I decided to go back uh, to Europe, and uh, I don't regret that team. It was a great time. I had a great time in Greece. Many friends in Greece, and I I love Greece. And you came when you first came from Europe. You obviously, especially your time uh, with Split, you you were at the very top. Like you, your team was winning, 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 and then in Boston, it didn't. It was sure you weren't at you weren't the bottom, but uh, you had the one season losing seasons. Uh, like how much did that really? How much was was that part of the culture change you're talking about too? Or a lot, a lot, a lot. It weighed on me a lot, but uh, you know, uh, it was. Uh... It was uh, uh, something that, that, that happened. It's something that was out of your hand, you know. Um, the summer that, that I, came, I came in, uh, you know, Reggie Lewis died. And uh, if you lose your best uh, player of the team uh, on an unfortunate uh, thing, that, then it's horrible. It's horrible for everybody, for, for his teammates, for Amina. I, I, I didn't uh, have this luck to, to get uh, to know him, but um, I remember, you know, seeing my teammates and, and talking to them about him. And you know, he was the leader of the team, the best player of the team. And with NBA rules, with salary cap, with the draft, uh, you know, you cannot uh, replace a player like that. So it was a rough four years, but you know we are fighting. Uh, like first three years, we are fighting for even 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 that we have a losing record. But it was always you know close, uh, close. So uh, we 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 made the playoffs one year. Uh, we played good series against Orlando. We didn't make it in uh, another two years. Uh, but you know it was great uh, great experience for me and. Uh, I, I will never change my my time in Boston. I met some great people over there. I, I love it. Yeah, you had some great playoff um, runs, not in the NBA, but in the EuroLeague. Um, do you have any experiences that stuck with you the most? Yeah, the first one, the first one that uh, that we were uh, completely unknown team. Uh, it's something like if you have like Orlando, not Orlando, but let's say if you have a, like a Portland winning championship this year, nobody expected, nobody give a dime about you, nobody bet on you anything. And it was, you know, uh, for us, it was great, and uh, you know, I was the MVP of the tournament, and uh, it was the, the whole city of Split was uh, waiting for us when when we came back, and it was unbelievable, really unbelievable. You know, really, literally, everybody who could uh, who could walk was out on the street. Everybody, whole city, and it was unbelievable. We couldn't pass the streets. The bus would be stuck for for you know long periods of time because people just you know 
we were overwhelmed. Was it ever kind of kind of too much at, or like kind of scary at one point too? Because I've seen I don't know if it if it applies to if it applies to basketball the same way, but soccer in Croatia too. Whenever Split plays against like Dinamo Zagreb or something like that, it's crazy. When you when you have when you expect something, then then you prepare the police, the rules, the, mm -hmm. the fences, the the stuff. Nobody expects us to do anything, and we land we land. You know, at, uh, in the afternoon, and nobody expect you know 100, 150,000 people to be on the street, and everything happened you know so suddenly that, that later you cannot react, you cannot bring you know special forces to to make a to make a pass through the street. We had to go. We we didn't we didn't even go through the through the airport. We went. Uh, the bus came to the runway, on a, on a, on, a, on the back entrance on a, like some safety entrance on airport and then we went on the, we went on the back streets because this uh, this one road from the airport was completely blocked and we would never make it to the city so we went through this other um, way through the runway and uh, uh, on other roads uh, little roads around uh, to, to to avoid this this first you know a group of uh, people and uh, then then when we came on the city every window every corner every every square inch of the of the, of the road was paved with the with the people with the with the transparency with the uh, you know fire, uh, firecrackers with the everything everything it was unbelievable unbelievable were you like treated as a uh, if let's say you just went out on your own? Were you like treated as a hero by all the people there? And we had to play a game three days later, so we didn't. Uh, we had this uh, like uh, party after the game, uh, but you know we had to. You had to go home early because you know our coach told us you have practice at ten in the morning. So you see what you're gonna do. We have a game in three days. And uh, we cannot uh, permit ourselves, you know, to lose, to lose uh, focus on uh, what what are we doing? Because uh, you know we have a we want European title, but we have to play for a national title. And you cannot play, you cannot play in uh, in Euroleague if you don't win the national title. Back then, in uh, only uh, champions of the countries were playing the the Euro League. So. You, you have to be the champion, regardless of what you uh, that you win the European title a year year before. You have to be national champion to play Euroleague again. So, you know, three days later we had a, a, like a very important game. So he told us, I mean, okay, it's nice to be European champion, but uh, if you want to do it again next year, you have to win the title first. So we had to, you know settle down very quickly yeah you talked about all these different players that you played within your career like reggie lewis robert parish dominique wilkins do you have any specific players that you'd like to shout out maybe your favorite teammates uh guys that helped you out i, I play with d brown he's a he's a great person you know uh um uh, i play with ed pinkney also another great great person 
um, it's it's really unfair, you know, to to point fingers right now. But you know, I really had a great great time in Boston. Uh, I love all my teammates, you know, and uh, I really, you know, it's been difficult, you know, uh, to to stay in touch with everybody. Luckily, with this this you know social media lately, uh, I've been able to to regain some contact with 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 some people and uh, but you know I had a great time in Boston really um you one guy you played a lot with while well, you went through quite a bit with uh, Tony Kukoc he, when he, while he was in the NBA he uh in terms of championships had a bit more success does he ever kind of brag about that too or do you guys ever joke about that no, 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 no. We are good friends. We support each other, and uh, I was happy about him, happy for him, and I'm glad that he had a chance to play with Michael Jordan, and uh, he had uh, you know a time of his life uh, over there, and he deserves it because he's a great guy and a great player, and he absolutely deserved uh, everything what happened to him. Yeah, you talked about all your play, uh, your teammates on the team. Talent like that, it's very, uh, very rare being born, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. You talked about how you had a big sense of, uh, of a good team in Boston, and a lot of the teams in the NBA now are really struggling with all the drama, and they don't really feel a sense of, uh, of like being together. I mean, uh, I think you touched on this a bit, but you felt like Boston at least the time that you were there, there was very like a tight knit team. It was a good team. I mean, we, we had a rough time, you know, you know, uh, after the death of Reggie Lewis, it was really, really difficult time, especially this first, uh, this first season. But, um, we hang in there. We, we, we didn't let anybody, you know, beat us easily. And, uh, we, really fought hard and you know this first uh, first year i think that we we even did some you know decisive things in uh, in outcome of um, of uh, uh, championship because we uh, last game of the season we 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 were out of the playoffs and we play we played the bulls uh, without Michael Jordan, you know, uh, but they were in a good situation. They had they had a good team, and they were fighting for the for the home home field. And uh, you know, we beat them. They lost the home field uh, against New York. And then when they have this uh, East Eastern Finals against the, the Knicks, every team uh, won the home home court home court. So. If they had a home home advantage, they would go to the finals, and then in the finals, you never know. So, you know, we were a tough team to play. To play, we we, we did have a losing record, but but we were a tough team to play. We, you know, it was a really honorable group of guys. Uh, so you obviously came into the NBA as one of the one of one of the first European big men. Seeing a guy like Jokic now. How does that feel? Where it's like, I know you weren't, really, weren't necessarily the same player, but European big, European big. 
Uh, is it kind of cool to see? Very talented guy. He's very t uh, talented, and you know, uh, NBA today is much, uh, much less demanding physically than 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 it was in my time. So he's just enjoying uh, his, you know, he's dominating because he has such a great him. Him and Donch, they have great, great, you know talent in their head and, and, and they are they are uh, you know unbelievable mm -hmm. you know uh, players uh, really fun to watch speaking of physical dominance uh, one guy you played against a little bit Shaquille O'Neal he called you one of the the toughest white centers he's ever played against and you showed that you had a series against him one of one of your years i think well like uh, during the regular season i think it was across three games you averaged like 27 on him uh how big of a deal is that playing against a guy who like Shaq, like one of the greatest ever and you, you torched him huge respect for him he's uh you know he's an unbelievable player he left such a huge mark you know, to to NBA from the first moment that he he walks on the floor, a huge guy, a strong guy, but very very mobile guy. You know, he could run, he could jump, and it was uh, impossible to to guard him one on one. You know, you you had to um, seek help all the time. You know, double team, double team, because no way you could guard guard him one on one. It looked like it was impossible for him to guard you one on one too. So and he's a funny guy. I mean, he's really yeah. funny. I, even even after, uh, I mean, I love watching Shaquille and, uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> or TNT with Charles Barkley too. It's always so funny. Yeah, both, both of them. Are, I mean, yeah, great, yeah. great, great series they've got. So uh, what's been well, ever since you've kind of wrapped up with basketball as a player? What's been what's what have you been up to since then? You know, I have uh, three boys, and it's a lot of work. Spending I love spending time with them, and uh, you know, I work with the basketball federation in Croatia, so it also takes some time. And uh, you know, you watch games. I love basketball. It's, uh, it's something that I always like, and um, you know, I'm a basketball guy, so I can talk basketball all day long. Mm -hmm. You had the one son who's a bit older, but uh, two, uh, one I I think the youngest I think is 2008. I'm, I'm not sure how that is, but uh, is he trying to be the next Dino Raja or? No, 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 no. My uh, my two oldest sons are basketball fans, and uh, one of them is playing in a in a he he, he graduated in Elon University mm -hmm. of Elon, North Carolina, and now he's back home. He's playing here in the first division team. Uh, middle son, he was also playing, but he had so much uh, bad luck with injuries. Uh, with a stress, like four stress fractures and uh, uh, ACL uh, broken, so he quit. He's going to school now for to to be a coach. And the little one, he is crazy about soccer. He does not want to hear a word about basketball. So yeah, I don't care I, as long as I, as they are out and playing some sports. It's fine by me. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever thought about coaching at all? Or... No. We, uh, to to have uh, to be in business with twelve crazy guys like me, I have no desire to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, coaching is crazy. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, it's. Um, I I would not like to deal with me. Mm-hmm. And so you you mentioned how you worked with the Basketball Federation Croatia. Yeah, could you go into any more detail about what you do with them specifically? I'm uh, responsible for all, all uh, you know, all all teams, you know, under under 14, under 15, under 16, under 18, uh, under 20, uh, 18, you know, I'm involved with basically everything. Mm-hmm. You know, picking up the coaches, following the the players, following the coaches, uh, uh, going to see when they have a when they work uh, work out together. You go from one selection to another. You see what they what what are they they doing? You know, try mm-hmm. talk, talk to everybody. It's a it's a lot of work, especially in the summertime. But uh, you know, are there any young Croatian stars we should be looking out for to be in the NBA pretty soon? Or? You know, it always you have always uh, very talented kids here. Uh, somebody who, who is who's gonna be good. So. We have a couple of young young guys uh, that that you will definitely uh, find out very soon when they when they are going to be drafted, uh, like uh, Prkacin, uh, Matkovic, uh, Brankovic, uh, Nidic. I don't know. You probably don't know either of them, but uh, you you will find out soon about them. It's exciting times. European yeah, basketball on the rise, big time. Very exciting. Do you have anything else, Sal? Or? Um, I think we're good, unless you want to add anything, Dino. Um, but it's been it's been great talking to you. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's been really cool hearing you. Guys. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for even coming on. No problem, guys. Talk to you. Yeah, we'll make sure to we'll make sure to send you the finished podcast your yeah, way. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have you back sometime for sure if you're still interested. Anytime. Thanks again. Thank you. It means a lot. Have a nice day. All right. Welcome back to the playbook. Uh, This is post Dino Raja interview. We're just going to give a little bit of an NBA recap, uh, talk about Dino for a little bit, and kind of go over what's going on in the NBA right now in terms of who's going crazy, who's scoring a lot. Uh, How are you doing, Mark? I'm joined with Mark again. So I'm doing great. I mean, that Dino interview is so exciting. So I'm 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 just happy, man. Yeah, it was a great first interview. I'm hoping everyone enjoyed it. It's gonna take up the bulk of this episode. So let's uh, talk about another Celtic that actually today got his jersey retired, uh, Kevin Garnett. I mean, another NBA legend. This one probably more so of an NBA legend than Dino was, but not to pick sides. But um. Just like the other Celtic legend from that championship team, uh, didn't win on the jersey retirement day. So yeah, good game against the Mavs, but I mean it sucks to lose your jersey retirement game, especially in that fashion, such a close game at the end. What I think three point difference, right? Yeah, it's really cool. Big, big, uh, mm-hmm. big three from my guy Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> my yeah. boy. 
winning the game for the Mavs. I was I was so hyped to see that. He's mm-hmm. still killing it. He's still killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Kevin Garnett seemed to be still obviously happy after the game, talking to all those boys on the Celtics. Uh, I mean that Celtics team is red hot. They're a great team. They're gonna be good playoff. They're gonna be a good playoff oh, yeah. team. So one of the best, um, probably the best defensive team in the NBA ever since the New Year's come around. I think if you look yeah, at their probably. defensive rating, I think it's five points af- apart from the next best team, which I think is the Mavericks. Actually, that might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Mavericks are right around there too so really really incredible game i mean from two of the better teams in the nba and when you get to see a superstar like luca play against another mega star like jason tatum it's always gonna be exciting yeah another uh, milestone in the nba that happened uh, a couple days ago or maybe even yesterday uh greg popovich uh broke the all-time wins as a coach with 13 36 and uh i mean that's crazy greg popovich has been in the league since david robinson uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, he's stayed loyal to the same team as well, which not a lot of coaches do. Yeah, I mean, why would he leave, right? Like, he's been so. I mean, he's, is he building his goat case for the goat case for the best coach of all time? If or he's is he if already he isn't, solidified, if he, he isn't is he already, already solidified. solidified, I I'm not gonna. I, I I need to look into it more before I make my claim. But if it's not already solidified that he's the greatest of all time, uh, he's definitely a very big part of the conversation i mean he's been killing it for so long and he seems like more of a reserved guy but while the like love flooding in from across the league when he set that record was really nice to see and the way even his team like flooded around him i mean this is an old dude you gotta be a little careful with him but it was it's just cool to see and Dejounte murray of course team leader gave the little speech Mm -hmm. in the locker room at the end before giving him the game ball yeah yeah um there's not many injury updates around the league this week. Uh, we have Oladipo coming back, uh, playing on a 15-minute uh, injury restriction, and he was he was all right. Um, I think in his first game he had 11 points, uh, a few assists, a few rebounds. But, I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, he played another game. I think he's played two games so far, two or three. Uh, he rested on a back-to-back, so I guess we can expect that for the rest of the season. Um, any takeaways from that? I was actually really impressed. I know I said some pretty negative things about Oladipo the first time we talked about him, but uh, I was actually really impressed with that backup backcourt that the Heat were rocking, and they didn't like Oladipo and uh, and Tyler Harrow together. I mean, he's obviously not the same player. That's unfair to expect, but he looked he looked comfortable, which is something that you couldn't say for his time in Houston and his pre-injury few games in Miami, but. It's. I mean, he didn't play that much, to be fair. So we'll see where it goes. But it was a pretty. It was cool to see. As much as I may not be his biggest fan, whenever a two-time All-Star comes back after injury, it's always exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks like he's gonna have a significant role on the Heat team, at least off the bench. Uh, I think they can use as much talent as they can get. I mean, if you look at the team, the Heat's team average draft rank, uh, they're the like they have the team with the least highly drafted players and they're the best team in the east so i mean and that's with oladipo being drafted uh top five i believe so was it top five i, I think it, it was, was it was it was definitely top five it was, it was high it, but that, they, was they don't two, have like, three, rarely any lottery picks yeah uh, it's like that raptors team remember the raptors team that won the championship i think 
it was it what they didn't have a single lottery yeah pick? oladipo was the second pick yeah so. was that the anthony bennett draft um yes i think it was the one with like Giannis was in that draft yeah. oh no so uh, I, I don't know whatever man um anyways he was the second pick and he brings their draft eight uh draft like pick selection a lot higher in their team average so that's really impressive that they're already the lowest in the league and then even with oladipo you know it's exciting it's it's i love that heat team i mean they have that culture around them there's it's just and another heat guy that uh, he's coming back after a long layoff. Markeith Morris, what, four months out ever since that quote-unquote cheap shot from Nicole Jokic, which he totally deserved. Yeah. Um, I, this guy said he doesn't do things. Literally just did it, gets something back. But uh, he's back after four months out, I think it was. So I don't know if it was like a whiplash. I don't know how that yeah, it was. holds you out for four months. I mean, got shoved and, like, he didn't, like, hurt anything or tear anything or break anything. So, I I don't know. Like, it's not like he paralyzed himself. So, like, it's not a blunt injury either. I don't know. Markeith Morris isn't very good at basketball anyways. So, we don't have to talk. We don't have to talk a lot about him. Uh, We have another guy who uh, got a suspension. My favorite player in the league, DeMontis Sabonis. Um that was in the same game where Julius Randle had 46 points and 10 rebounds and eight three-pointers, which is a career high in threes and a career high in points. Julius Randle, crazy, absolutely owned the Kings in that game. But Sabonis ended up getting ejected at the end of the game or t- towards the end of the game when he was talking with a ref. Or I, mean, I wouldn't say talking. He was more aggressively yelling at a ref and getting up in their face as what is reported but the king's organization says that they don't agree with the suspension but he got suspended for one game and now he is he missed the next game for personal reasons which weren't disclosed but he's healthy now and he's back able to play yeah um that game was nuts though the kings were up in that yeah. game, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, they were up big time, and then the Knicks, instead of blowing the game like they normally do, they actually came back and stormed back and won the game. That was a crazy performance from Randall. That was like a rant last season, Randall. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Randall's just quick mention on Randall. He's had this ridiculous drop off. Uh, I don't know how much it has to do with. He's, he's him been nice playing. recently, though. He's been nice recently with I the Knicks the as past a whole. Few weeks, yeah. Yeah, with the Knicks as a whole, they've really stepped up. But I don't know how much that fall off has to do with him actually playing worse, but more teams adjusting to what the Knicks yeah, are. For because sure. Last season they came out of nowhere, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's Julius Randle individually as well, like dropping off in his skill set or whatever. I think it's just like a team situation, maybe. They had like a bunch of issues at the start of the season with like Kemba Walker. Um, not really. Derrick Rose has been injured almost the whole season now, so he should be back anytime soon. But paying yeah, you have like Alec. You have putting Alec Burks at point guard for a while. Um, there's been a lot of weird things happening with the Knicks. Don't diss Alec. Don't I mean, Al- Alec Alec's Burks. A good player. That's my that's my bad. guy. But I mean. He's not, bad. he's not bad, but... He's not bad, but it's not a traditional point guard that Julius Randle is probably used to. He's not, like, a real playmaking point guard, you know? I mean, I guess, but I uh, I feel like also... I guess Julius Randle is also, like, one of the playmakers on that team. So. Yeah, and if you've got a guy like Evan Fournier making $20 million on your team, then there's some bigger issues, but that was a yeah. crazy signing. And that guy 
always goes off against the Celtics specifically. I don't mm-hmm. know if people have noticed that. I think that at one point early in the season, he'd scored like exactly half of his points in two or three games against the Celtics, which was pretty funny, but he's been terrible. I also want to give a quick shout out to um, Sabonis' teammate, De'Aaron Fox, who has looked pretty stellar since this trade individually, not as a team, and it's not translating to wins, but De'Aaron has been very good. I think he's first or second in points scored since the All-Star break and um, also in points per game. So, yeah, he's been great. I mean, Kings fans are like, oh, my God, this is the franchise point guard. I mean, I think they've been saying that for a long time. But, um, yeah, I mean, De'Aaron, I mean, as a part-time Kings fan, because I kind of am obligated to be a part-time fan of wherever Sabonis is, Pacers first, though, all the time, but... Uh, I mean, I'm happy for it. I want the Kings to win, um, but I'm, it's not looking likely this year that they're going to get into the play-in, and I'm hoping they can retool in the offseason, maybe get rid of Rashawn Holmes. Well, I think that's a given, but maybe look to move other guys. I mean, they should have just kept the guy they had. Yeah, they could have They could have kept him. That would have been much smarter than whatever they're going to do in this offseason. Uh not sold on that uh sorry not randall sabonis and fox fit for obvious I'm reasons not, i'm not i'm not sold on it either I don't, I don't think anyone is to be totally honest i feel like even the king's front office is like uh-oh we might have messed up again i mean yeah that's the reason i'm not buying my sabonis king's jersey yet because that's a 200 dollars investment that uh i don't know sabonis is gonna be there after two years so i yeah. think i'm gonna hold off on that um unless they yeah. pay the man yeah, Kings. Uh, the Kings are the Kings. They're not winning, but De'Aaron's good. So De'Aaron is good. Yeah, De'Aaron is very good. Well, he has, especially since the Tyrese trade. I feel like getting full ball handling duties back has been a big step up for him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it's it's been more. He's he's going back to end of last season. De'Aaron, that De'Aaron was so yeah. Maybe, that was a very just, good. That was a very good player. Maybe yeah, he's just an end-of-season guy. Maybe he just needed to warm yeah. up. It took all season. Another guy that went off, weirdly enough, Josh Hart had 44, I think it was. Yeah, he called I it like so. Barack Obama, 44th president, 44 points. Uh, weird. That Trailblazers team is so weird. They're so bad. That Oh, that, Anthony Simons. We can add that Anthony Simons isn't playing um, yeah. for the rest of the season, most likely, with a... Yeah. I don't even know what it was. It's something with his leg, though, I believe. Yeah, that's, um, that sucks because he was – Yeah. he's nuts. But Or they're trying to tank more and just make sure they don't win any games. But That's probably I mean, it. They're not going to win any games regardless if he's playing probably. So. No, and that's just so bad. And I feel kind of bad because I remember their reports saying they want to like just boost these young guys' value, trade them, and then try one more time with Dame, which is just like – at one point, you have to realize that this is not going to work, but they won't give up on it for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I feel I feel bad for Blazers fans too. They might they're kind of stuck in that spot that no one wants to be in. Yeah, we have three big players that went off this week as well. Um, we have KD, LeBron, and Clay Thompson. The LeBron and KD thing—that's usual. LeBron and KD—they both scored. Uh, LeBron had 50, and what did KD have? 53. Which, 53. Weirdly enough, that KD 53, it's just become it's just become so KD that it's like, yeah. yeah, you hear about it, but if another player dropped 53, you would be hearing so much more about it, because 
it's Kevin Durant scoring 53, so it's like, yeah, it's cool, but okay, like whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely cool. I mean, like when you hear the guys like Embiid, um, LeBron, KD, Giannis that score 50, even Jokic you could put in there, but like you hear that they drop 50, it's just like, okay, it's just another game from them. It's just a casual thing. Yeah. Um, but we had Clay Thompson go off for 38 points, was it? Season yeah. season high? Yeah, but just to take a step back to LeBron, he is 37 years old. Oh, and right. He's, he's scoring, had scoring uh, leader, in the score, leader in the scoring race by .03 over Embiid, I'm pretty sure, at the, uh, at the time of recording. Um, he's 37, and it was, I think it was 50 and back to back, back home games, something along those lines, which is, I mean, scoring 50 at 37 is stupid. Like, yeah, I, I don't stupid. understand how that's how, and it for the second time in short succession, it's, I don't know. He should not have to be doing this at 37 years old, but he's doing it and he could probably keep doing it because he's that good. Uh, He's just physical, just freak of nature. It's 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 ridiculous. But Clay was cool. It was it's always cool to see him go off. I feel like Clay's kind of become an NBA fan favorite because even before he got injured, he was always like just seemed like this really cool guy online. And then he has to miss two years of basketball, which obviously sucks. Um, and now he's back and he's had his little rough points, but that's to be expected for a guy that took two years off and going for 38. Man, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I mean, Clay, it, it's been a little rusty with him all season, obviously coming back from two-year injury. And the Warriors haven't given him as much of a role. Like, they've given Jordan Poole, like, a role that, like, could take over Clay Thompson eventually. So, oh, I mean, he's he's been closing spice. games. He's He's that's been a, closing games. Yeah, but I don't know if Warriors fans games. want to hear that. They keep, they keep Clay. They don't play Clay as much as in the fourth as they do Jordan Poole a lot of the time. At least that's what I've seen. I, I'm not sure that fans are going to want to hear that, but might be time to accept that reality. I mean, do you think Clay, Draymond, and Steph are all retiring as Warriors? Ooh. I know Steph is. Steph is. Steph's, oh, Steph is. So is it is it Clay and Draymond? Do you think they retire as Warriors? Uh, I think the most likely to leave is going to be Clay. I um, think so, too. Because I feel like he's the one they're most likely to be able to replace internally. Yeah. Uh, but I can't see any of them leaving. I can't see it. I you feel like can I? I I think they'd all take pay cuts. Honestly. I th- I, th- I think they take pay cuts, and I think they'd even like retire a year early. Especially Draymond. I think Draymond would definitely take pay cut. Draymond, yeah. Well, he's also worth less money than. Yeah. Than... I mean, than Clay. Uh, maybe not the clay, but he's probably he's probably a little on the overpaid side right now. So overpaid th- side is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. I, think I mean, he's I, can, I can see it. Million, so yeah, he's making something like that. But they're gonna keep giving them big contracts. I mean, why not? You've already won. I don't know how many chips have they won? Like three or three, right? Yeah, and uh, they might win a fourth hey, this season. That that's enough. Like three they chips. Might. That's more than the Pacers have won in like sixty years. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! Um, if only I could see my but... team win three championships, mm-hmm. I wish. Hey, maybe it'll happen. One of us will get that joy. Jalen Green. Man, that's gonna be no, surreal. Paces ever win. I was so close to seeing the Rockets win one. 
so close, but I don't need to ramble about that. I could do that for a full hour if I had the opportunity, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, one guy, actually, I want to bring up. This was pretty cool. Bismack Biombo is donating his entire NBA salary to build a hospital in honor of his late, uh, of his late father, which is... Just, I don't know. It's just a feel-good moment. Yeah, it's like, just it's so a, wholesome. Like it's that's, so that's wholesome. A, that's a great thing. That's something you'd love to see around the league. Yeah, I mean, he's Bismack. To be fair to him, has actually been really impressive on the Suns. Uh, Very, I don't know if that's mostly to do with, well, I guess playing with Chris, Chris Paul before Ball, he got yeah. injured, or the, the Suns as a whole. But it's nice to see Bismack giving back after he stole money from the Orlando Magic for four years. Or was yeah, four, yeah. Four, two years from the Magic, two years from the Hornets, stealing $17 million a year. So it's nice to see him giving, I think it's, what, $1.5 back? So it all balances out in the end. I mean, yeah, he's he's got enough money to... <laughs> He's fine. I'm not worried. I'm not counting. I'm not counting his money. But he knows fine. after he got that payday, he's like, I'm never gonna be that good again. To even oh no! He, he was a contract he, that big. He was not good enough to get that contract. It was. I think it was just one playoff series while he was on the Raptors that made. Yeah, go it was. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he was. He was very nice on the Raptors, and then for one playoff series. Yeah. And then he that last that last little bit. So, um, another thing that player that well isn't back, but. According to Mike Singer of the Denver Post, Jamal Murray is a, fifth, is a straight 50-50 to return this season, which, I don't know, I still wouldn't bet on it. Uh, it's just it's just the... I have some breaking news just to announce right now. Brooke Lopez will return to the lineup on Monday. That's huge. That's Brooke huge Lopez, that is That is podcast breaking news. Uh, Brooke Lopez he, is back heard it from here the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you probably huge. didn't hear it here first because it's being released on Monday, but yeah, I mean that's breaking right. news. That's pretty crazy, though. Um, wow, that's actually yeah. Really he big is, for the he's Bucks. been he's out uh, three months season. after back surgery. He's back. Um, huge player for the Bucks. So. Oh yeah, shop locker stretches the floor. Just really good defender overall. I mean that just opens up more floor for Giannis. Bobby Portis kick to the bench, but that's fine. Wow, that's you actually think, really big. They, yeah, they put, they probably put him on the. Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Brooke Lopez, he might not start right away because as they ease him in, but by the time he's fully back, he'll be, he'll be that guy on the team, at least out of the big men. I think, I think that's the perfect way to end. I mean, breaking news: Brooke Lopez back to the defending champions. Huge piece in the playoffs for them. Absolutely huge. Oh Brooke yeah. Lopez was great last year. I remember he had like. 30 points in a playoff game. I can't remember who was against, but he went, he's very good for them. Perfect. One of the perfect centers to put with Giannis. So, Oh yeah. Teams would love, every team would love to have Brooke Lopez on their team. So it's really, really good news for Bucks fans. I mean, bad news Mm -hmm. for the other teams in the East. Yeah. So I think we can wrap it up here. Thanks for listening to the playbook. I'm Sal with my host, Mark, and have a great evening, rest of your day, whatever it is.